Welcome to the End Times Chat. Our passion is found in the words of Jesus. There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. People will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Each week, you will hear news from around the world that will urge you to wake up to these events to make you knowledgeable about what the Bible says about them. Join GJ and Dan in the conversation. Yes, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. You got a cough there? You going to want to get that all that out? Just get it all out right now. I'm good. I'm good. You're phlegmatic today. I'm what? Phlegmatic. You are the smartest man alive. You're speaking language I do not understand. Do you understand the words that are coming out of your mouth? And the answer for me is no. No. <laughs> well, before we catch up, you and I, we have crazy things in the news today. We have We do. We got flooding. We have geoengineering. We've got stuff so with some Muslim city councils coming up, which is pretty interesting. And we are going to talk about uh, how one woman can prove how fake social media can be. Wow. Yeah. And World Economic Forum is in the news. Elon Musk is in always in the news. And we have something about Mel Gibson that we want to bring to everybody. Oh. Mel Gibson. Man, we're just going to be a great, great show today. So stay tuned, everybody. GJ, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm very good. I'm very good. You're very good. Although I, one, one of our roving reporters is not doing so good. No? No. Oh, Crystal, how you doing? Thank you for saying hello. We want to pop you up on screen, give you a shout out. Thanks for saying hi. A tiger bit my mom. Oh, my gosh. A tiger bit my mom's hand. <sighs> Do we need to go over there and take care of that? Got yeah. infected. So, although um, she did text me this morning and said it was better. It wasn't a tiger. Let's be clear. It wasn't a tiger. It was one of her cats. Well, cats are just little tigers. Apparently so. They really don't belong in a house. I'm just going to flat out say it. They just whoa, don't belong. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Pete, Pete is coming. Pete, hey. That's Pete. I didn't, I didn't say I was going to kill him. I just said they don't belong in a house. Get those, get those hey. cats outside. Chase the squirrels away. Pete, Pete is coming. Hey. They might need a boat to get to where you're at. They, all right, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But um, but really, if Mama Reynolds is texting, then Mama Reynolds has used some use of some one of her hands. So that's good. Maybe she used the voice text. Oh, man, you got to one-up me. She is pretty tech-savvy. I, I, she's got a new Apple Watch. I'm like, I'm, oh, my gosh. Wow. Well, I'm not uh, not happy that she's not feeling well. Mama Reynolds, we're praying for you. Get over this. Get that infection to go away. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You got some exciting stuff happening this week. I know. And you've got a... You've got some things going on this afternoon. You got some things happening this week. Well, and you and you might have something going on today. I might have something going on today. We need everybody to pray, like right now. And if you're watching this two days from now, the, the prayer will already have been answered. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting on a response back. I can't really say too much about it right now because I don't want to uh, shift the scales. <laughs> but yeah, just pray, 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 pray for favor, pray for 
this amazing young woman that I spoke to last Friday night that's going to help me out to get What's her name? Son. What's her name? Her name's Audrey. Audrey. Yes, we're praying we for Audrey. We love Audrey. We love Audrey. We do. We got to pray that God gives her the right words when she's speaking to her director and um, that some good things happen today. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a little nervous, but at the same time, I'm like, you know what? I, I really have to put my words into practice and just trust that God's got it. I can't make this one happen. Whoa. What? I know. Yeah. I was going to say, why should you be nervous? I mean, it either works out that you take it early or it works out. You got to take it this summer. And I know that sucks, but that God has a different plan than what you think. If that happens. Or God's trying to teach me something through this whole process, which either way, he's good. He's teaching me something through this process. Patience. Yeah. Patience is a good thing for me to have. I need that. Anyway, outside of that, I know you and Tanya had a little rendezvous trip in crazy weather. We did. We had a, we had a great little weekend getaway. First one we've had alone together with, well, we went with another couple, but first time we've had a chance to do that. And that couple was not me and Alita. Just saying. No, because you didn't drive out here. You're like, I don't want to be around that weather. Dude, I don't have a boat. Well, I don't either. I do have a raincoat. I have my pickup truck. But do you? Yes. Belle, Belle Camacho. Oh, my gosh. Belle is a, she is a good friend from way, way, way back. Uh, wow. 19, 1995 through 97, she she attended our, the church I was one of the pastors of back in the day called Pentecostal Lighthouse wow. on wow. 167 North 9th Street. Great little place um, and met a lot of great people there. So thanks for watching, Bo. Yeah. Anyway, so we are going to be hammering. We're going to be hammering on the four oh. horsemen later on this, this morning. We're oh. going to start talking about the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And GJ, last week, I think I sent it off to you. I'm not sure if you've watched it yet, but The Harbinger of Things to Come by Jonathan Kahn is out now. You can rent it. You can watch it. I'm telling everyone. I'm still trying to process some of the things that he said in that uh, documentary, but I am not going to put myself to the point where I'm not going to believe what he says just because it may sound crazy because there are some prophets that have been out there and he doesn't really call himself a prophet, so to speak, but I mean, he's not really loud about it, but he, he's got some things to say about what happened 21 years ago on 2001 and what's been happening recently and what Harbinger's are leading us towards a march towards the end times or the at least the at least the end of the United States, believe it or not. So there's some, um, I, it's definitely worth the watch. And so uh, I recommend after your week of craziness, GJ, if you can't sit down and watch that, I would, I recommend it. By the way, I did, I did rent it and I fell asleep. I don't know if I can still watch it. <laughs> it's, worth, it's worth the extra six bucks. It's, it's worth the extra six bucks to put it in there again. Can you Venmo me? <laughs> I can Venmo you. Oh, man. So we, uh, we do have some crazy things going on, GJ. We do. Well, you're living the crazy weather. It's been very warm here, which is not normal. Although there's, there's talk that we may get hammered. <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, yeah. No kidding. Uh, with snow uh, later this week. I don't know. If, but, you know, when I hear that now, I'm like, yeah, right. Yeah. Well, we they've actually called what's happening here in California a parade of storms. 
And I'm just going to pause it right there. Yes, that is a sinkhole from a road where a couple of cars got sucked down into it. And uh, I actually saw there was a story by Israel 365 News that equated this to when Moses was in the wilderness and Nadab and Abihu were challenging him and trying to get people to, to come against Moses. And because of, because of how many people went with him, which I think about 200 and some people, the earth opened up and swallowed them whole and they never made it out of their lives. So, but that's kind of what I was reminded of when I saw this sinkhole. Yeah, I didn't see it personally, but it's right here in California. Anyway, there's a lot of, a uh, lot of, I'm going to show some pictures that, you know, most people in the Midwestern states, like say uh, right near the Mississippi and some of those areas that just get flooded on a massive scale, they, they know all about this. So, but it is That's something they to call see. It the bayou. The bayou. Are we gonna, why don't we just do all the news with a Louisiana accent? No, Dude. don't do that. My accent is my accent is part Louisiana and part Kansan. Hey, I mean, you make it work. You make it work. I know I have a distinct voice. I know that. Well, they called this a parade of storms. And there was one sinkhole. You can see this one picture where they had to go up. They put this is a fire truck, but they had to they had a crane that had to go down into and help rescue these two people, a mom and a daughter who was stuck, who were stuck. And they would have drowned if they were not able to get them out. Thankfully, they made it out with minor injuries. But there are have already been almost two dozen people that have died in these parade of storms. And Ty and I were driving down to to a place where you know our weekend getaway. It's only about an hour and a half from my house, and it's one of the most famous places in the were world. Were you driving or or boating? Driving. I was driving, and um, we we I even said to Tanya, I said, "Look at those dark clouds in the distance," and they weren't too far ahead. And she's like, oh, man. And we're driving into it. And all of a sudden, we see all these red light, brake lights coming up out of everywhere. And Tanya's like, damn, the brake lights. And of course, when my heart stopped pounding fast, I was able to respond well. But we, we actually slowed down to three miles per hour. And it just was like we were going through a car wash where it was just straight downpour for at least 10 minutes. And then hail started pounding Whoa. on the roof and field. And thankfully, they weren't really that big, but they were probably the size, uh, I'd say, of just a little smaller than a dime. I mean, it was just powerful. And uh, we made it through that and made it there safely. But um, here's just some of the pictures from this past couple of weeks since the end of December. You can see this entire area right here. This neighborhood is just flooded out. That is the highway where these trucks got stuck. There's another street. There's another house, a guy wading through with some khakis on. Uh, this was from The Guardian for five days ago, another town down there. So, I mean, we can continue to scroll through these. There's a guy carrying his dog. I'm like, that's a that's a great guy right there, just carrying his dog through there. Uh, but at first I thought it was a mountain lion, but then I was like, no, that's, that's a dog. So what I'm hearing is there's no photos of carrying their cat out. No, I did not see any. Cats hate water. They're going to go to high ground anyway. Anyway, yeah, these... This house is completely flooded out. Rivers. I mean, LA, San Diego is getting hammered with floods. Uh, and here's the thing: the the mountain areas of, and this has not happened. This amount of weather has not happened here in California probably since the middle of eighteen, the eighteen sixties. Wow. So we're talking about uh, an on record event that has not happened for a very very long time, in 160 years. So the mountains. If you just keep this in mind, the mountains. You know, they're getting hammered with snow. I mean, there's probably 
I, I don't know. Yeah, I have to look it up. There's probably about 15 to 20 feet of snow up near the Sierras. And eventually that's all going to melt. So this flooding is not just going to be because of the rains. It's going to be when everything starts to melt. And of course, California in its great grandioseness wasn't prepared to, tr- to collect all this rainwater. So if, I feel like it's all going to go out to the ocean anyway. So I'm, I'm not really happy about that. I'm going to stop talking about the weather now. Oh, wait. No, I'm not. <laughs> Here's another one. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. Well, there's one last punch coming our way, and it's supposed to come tomorrow here to California. It literally has been a month-long stretch of atmospheric river storms. And so when, I, when, I saw, when we saw that kind of a bomb cyclone movement that I showed last week or two weeks ago, that has literally just created this mass amount of weather that's coming on. Coming on. I'm not sure if it's heading your way, GJ, or if the mountains are going to stop it from coming too close to you, but uh, let's hope it doesn't. Anyway, we have that. And then, oh yeah, the geoengineering thing. That's what I wanted you to talk about. You, you posted this on End Times Chat a couple of days ago, I think. So what is up with this? Well, right now, the, w, the WEF World Economic Forum is actually meeting in uh, Switzerland. We're going to talk about that for sure at length in a little bit. Well, then I'll just shut up. No, you, you got to talk about the geoengineering thing, man. Go, go, go. It's all you. Well, the one that, that I was going to talk about, this, you, it looks like you got a different article than the one I... Oh, uh, well, this is, the, uh, this is what I saw in there, and this is what I popped up when I clicked on it. So, but it's the geoengineering startup trying to stop climate change. Yeah, I'm, the one that I'm aware of, it's a, it's a girl with the video. All right, well, go ahead and, go ahead and kind of cue us up. Let me see if I can find it while you're queuing us up on it. Let us know what's going on with that. Well, obviously, the climate change is a big push, but, you know, the World Economic Forum, and there's, I don't know, there's like, I think I read 100 heads of states, maybe it's 200, and large corporation CEOs. So you'd recognize a lot of the, the names or the companies that are represented. So anyway, obviously, they're a big push for climate change. Well, then, is this one that we're releasing stuff up in the atmosphere? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Okay. So they're they're attempting to release stuff up in the atmosphere to combat climate change. However, <laughs> it's also you got to pay or you get credits. So it's back to a credit system, the way I understood it. So why why are we talking about this? Well, a couple of things. One is man's trying to control the weather and they're trying to play God. That's one of the things that I see here. Number two is they're also attempting to control humans and by controlling weather and then having us have a credit score system that's tied to carbon, I forget the exact name, but you know, the uh, carbon credits. And then if you use too much that affects the weather or the atmosphere, then you get, then you can't do anything or, and I'm sure at some point you would get fined. So again, it's all about control and everybody can say, well, Oh, it's good for it to protect the, the climate. On the surface, that merit is is legit. However, when you start diving into man, man is flying God. Number two, they're trying to control it so that they can monetize it. So it's really about monetizing. And then you have certain benefits or you don't have certain benefits. It's really the way this is really all about. I mean, it can't be a good idea that they're releasing sulfur particles into the atmosphere. I just can't think, I just don't think, how can that be a good idea? First of all, you know how you, there's, whenever you think of sulfur, 
you think of fire, brimstone, hell. <laughs> and it smells bad. <laughs> and it smells bad like burnt, nasty, old eggs. And I'm like, why would you want to release that into the atmosphere? Why do you want to release burnt eggs into the atmosphere? But yeah, that, this is nuts. Absolutely nuts. Well, there's also this uh, other article that I'm not sure if, if you posted this or if I did, but this is from Western Journal. I think you did. If you thought December's Arctic blast was bad, something much worse could be barreling toward America. So do you remember posting this one? No. No, I might have been me. Yeah, it was you. But thanks for putting me on the spot. It made me look like an idiot. <laughs> no. I just don't want to tell you. All right, here we go. Siberian call me, town. Call me Dana. Call me Dana the rest of the show. Dana Carvey. The Siberian town of Zelinda hit a low of 79.8 degrees below zero. That was this blast of Arctic weather. And they're saying that that same kind of a Siberian deep freeze could be on its way to hitting America sometime in the next year. So, I mean, that's um, something to watch out for, don't you think? Yes, and and there's been bold predictions about how there would be a dark winter. They didn't say when. That's what everybody thinks. Oh, it was supposed to be last year. Well, you know, it was pretty mild actually, at least here in the Midwest. The thing, the th why are we even talking about this? Because there's shaking. There's there's different signs. There's different craziness things that, that are happening on a global scale that we haven't seen. And maybe like Dan said, okay, in the 1860s there was flooding. Okay, we know there's flooding. And then they, they referenced the hundred year flood. The thing about it is, is that you're seeing these hundred year floods or these fires that are massive, not just in one area that maybe uh, is known for having that weather. So we're seeing it on a global scale. It's going to create economic issues, climate issues. It's going to create food issues because it's going to affect farming and you know, so they talk about in the end times and the Bible that there will be, you know, pestilences and droughts and, and, you know, all these different things. And, and so we're, we're seeing that on some places around the world, but now we're going to see it on a greater scale. And we've already seen how certain things that uh, around the world have been minimized because of what's happened in the last couple of years, that's starting to open up again, you know, you know, like chips, the chips, the, not the kinds you eat, the kinds for like electronics and so we're starting to see that happening and so anyway why are we talking about this because it talks about it in the bible there's a convergence we're seeing it on a global scale and when we talk about a certain one it may be a sign it may not i think if you take a step back and look at it collectively this makes sense at least for me and dan yeah absolutely and i just thought this picture was just to see the power of the cold and this is a lake in siberia and you can see that there's turquoise ice that's kind of intermingled throughout there. I mean, some of the most powerful things on this planet that God created are some of the most beautiful as well, but also dangerous. So I just wanted you guys to kind of point that out. Anyway, moving, moving on from the earth. And as GJ said, that Jesus said there will be, that we will be perplexed by the strange tides and waves that were around the planet. And that's exactly what's happening here as far as I'm concerned. And you can consider an atmospheric rivers hitting the west coast of the United States as a strange tide, if you ask me. One of the things I mentioned, I talked to Tanya about the other day, and I, I said there was one point in the last four years, and I think actually it was the last two years, where there was a massive decision that was made 
And I'm not quite sure if it was the abortion decision or if it was uh, another, I can't remember which one it was, but I was talking to about it with a couple of friends of ours last night. And this decision was something that was so against scripture and so against what God would want that that weekend after that decision was made in the legislature and it was signed by Governor Newsom, we had that 10,000 lightning strikes that happened within 24 hours. And that's the one that started over 267 fires. So, you know, I don't, sometimes we have to rise above all of the things that we're seeing on the earth and, and say, let's just shoot a little higher and let's just seek, like you said, GJ, globally, what's going on around the world. And maybe potentially we could actually start to see a little bit from God's perspective about why things happen and what happens. So Australia right now, I didn't actually get a chance to pull this up, but the mosquito problem in Australia is off the charts right now. They are uh, even talking about spraying the entire area of those where those mosquitoes are just swarming like a plague almost. And it's a pesticide chemical that could have lasting effects even on the humans. But they're they're thinking that the mosquito problem is way worse than what could be caused from the pesticide. So they're trying to make that decision right now. I mean, just if you just look above and think, what could it be that God could be doing that he's bringing, potentially bringing these things onto these nations? And I just so happen to think that in the last three months, we've had some pretty crazy decisions that have happened at the legislature here in California. And now we see these parade of storms coming in. And it has caused mass devastation all over California. Now, is it? I don't know. I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying it isn't. But I think that we should keep it, keep an eye on that. Anyway, moving on to wars and rumors of wars. Things yeah, that ahead. make you go, Definitely. I think this entire show today is going to be like that. Well, and I'm, I'm disappointed you missed my, my post on the bright green object visible to Earth's orbit. The 50,000-year oh. event. You mean this one? A comment. This, I know. I'm trying to put it up on the screen. Comment. It's not coming out. <laughs> yeah, you can see it's right here. See it? It's like, yep. see the mouse? That's the green object. All I'm right, sure. moving on. There's a green comment out there. I tried. I tried. No, I had a hard time pulling that story up. That's why it's not up there. But yeah, it's a 50,000 year event. How do they know? How do they know it's 50,000 years? I want to know that. Because you were there. Yes, I guess I was. All right. You're not, you're not that old, but you're close. No, I'm getting there. Yeah, we know. You're not 30 anymore. <laughs> so Tanya, Tanya was getting ready the other day and she, she gets this little post on her phone from Newsmax and I got the same post and she said out loud, she said, she said, I ran to sending warships to Panama. <laughs> That's exactly how it came out. Can you say that again? <laughs> I ran to sending warships to Panama. <laughs> what? Tanya does not speak like that. Just want to be a, go on the record in defense of her. That's right. Well, but that's this what time, we hear. <laughs> yeah, that's what we hear. And this is apparently Alita sounds like this. Come on, JJ. <laughs> apparently that's what she's talking oh, She is going to slap me. She's going to backslap you and front slap you. No, and she, won't. she won't. She never has. No, she's great. She's great. Anyway, Wars and Rumors of Wars. This is really the only thing that I saw on Wars and Rumors of Wars, but it's a big one. Because the Iran defense minister had come out in the news and, and said, we are want to make a show to the world that we have the capacity to be all over the world. So he said, if my comrade, and this is the defense minister, if my comrades are approaching the shores of the American continent, they are showing signs of the authority of dear Iran. As a showcase for the dear people of our country, we appeared in the Pacific Ocean for the first time. Of course, 
Along this route, this is still quoting him, Australia and the French created threats for us and tried to violate the laws they had approved to cross their coast, but we answered them with authority and according to the law. So there's uh, some stuff happening out on the big seas that we're not really aware of, but the fact that now Iran is positioning themselves in the Panama Canal, they're stationing these warships in the Panama Canal, says a lot about their movements and about what could potentially be either a protection for themselves or is it some kind of way of trying to show force that they're going to do something with the United States? Yeah, it's, it's, it's big leaguing. Oh, yeah. It's a big, big league. A big, big league. Man, leading up to the tribulation, GJ, I, you, I know you posted this one because I didn't. Yeah, I did. I did. Okay, yeah. we got it right. Oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I did. And I don't even know if we want to see it, but just, yeah, just the heading right there. All Muslim city council. So a city council, and uh, I forget which town it's in. It's in the United States. Approved. It's in Michigan. Yeah, I think Michigan. That you can have your own sacrifices in your own home. So the first thing I thought of was, what? <laughs> which you do better than I do. And I'm just like, okay, so somebody said, well, why can't you do that right now? Well, you probably could. Where you're at, I don't know. The thing about it is these types of things are being publicized. And why do you need to have, why do you need to bring that out in the open? That's Satan slowly bringing things out in the open. And now it's, it's, it's really an assault. You know, it's, it's just the more and more I see it, the more craziness I see. And the more we step back and look from it through a different lens, it's just like, oh my gosh. And should we be scared? No, because if we trust in Jesus, we can find peace. It's still going to be crazy. We can still find peace. And uh, so anyway, it's just another one of these things that I just see Satan is moving. And this is another example. Yes. And, you know, you mentioned the World Economic Forum a little while ago. And I do have that video, by the way. I'm going to pop it up in a couple minutes. But it was a record number of heads of state, 52, and over 600 Whoa. CEOs from I stand, around the world. I stand corrected. I said one or 200. Now it's 600. Whoa. 600 CEOs around the world. And then there's about, there's about 2,700 people that are coming to this conference. Now, Mr. Klaus Schwab himself decided not to show up on the first night of the conference. And that was kind of interesting. You know, I think, in my opinion, if you were going to have all these heads of state and the 600 CEOs and all these world leaders that are going to be coming to your conference, you probably should show up on the first day. I'm just saying it's a little bit of an etiquette thing. But it, was that a sign of power over them? Was it a sign of I'm more important and you have to listen to what I have to say? I don't know. The optics on this thing is off the charts. But he, he used up his, uh, his carbon fiber or his carbon credits. They couldn't, couldn't take his jet. Yeah, no kidding. This gathering is, we're going to talk again a little bit about it in a minute. But this gathering, we're going to hear a lot about it. We're going to probably talk a little bit more about it next week because it started on Monday night. And. It's going to go all throughout this week. So, and there, there are so many, there's so much, so much military from the Swiss army that are there protecting this whole thing in DeVos. And it's, they're all talking, all of them are there for one purpose, one person alone. What's the worldwide global agenda going forward? That's it. Any other thoughts, GJ, before we move on? We pretty much summed it up. I spent some time on the site looking and, you know, as an outsider looking in, you can say, oh, well, that's good. That's good. And then you start diving into it. It's like, 
their goal is to control the world the way they see it, the way they want it. And I'm going to say it, some people may disagree. It's really from a satanic view. And a lot of people say, and we might get some pushback on that. Oops. <laughs> the thing about it is, oh, by the way, endtimes.chat. End oh, yeah. Chat. You can That's always right. find it at endtimes.chat. So with that said, you know, I really looked like the metaverse and what they're trying to do, and they create these villages, you know, these little towns or these hubs, and how you can come together. And if you look at it on, again, on the surface, it looks, oh, well, that looks inviting. Technology, that's where it's headed. So it all makes sense. However, they control it. Then the other thing that I went in, I looked at all the partners, and you'll recognize household companies, and then there's some, you know, or banks or whatever, that they're really behind a lot of this. And there's a lot of satanic things that some of these companies are doing behind the scene. And the more you dive in, it's pretty scary. And I'm like, the first thing I thought of was like, I will never buy from that company ever again. That one, I wish I didn't have to buy from, but it's pretty much, we don't have much of a choice right now. That's how the convergence has happened. And then there's some like, oh, I'll never buy that brand again. And what I'm, I wear. And I'm just like, okay, why is that? Because on the surface, it looks good. They may have a great product, but if you start looking at what they stand for behind the scenes, it is not for humans, it's not for God, and it's not for Jesus. And they don't openly say that, but their actions on other things speak volumes. That's all I'm going to say about that, Forrest. Well, speaking of uh, satanic, this is coming up in April, and I know you posted this one as well, so why did you pop that one up there, GJ? Well, you one you one step and big league me, and you got the video. Thank you very much because I'm glad you did because I didn't have the video. Well, first thing it caught my eyes like, is this real or is this Memorex? And I started diving into it, and it's real. And so, again, you, there that that's been going on for some time. The thing about it, you wouldn't really hear about it. It's sort of under, you know, under the neath of mainstream quiet. And now all of a sudden, again, Satan's just rearing his head and popping up in different ways. And so they're definitely publicizing this now. And then that's going to happen. And it's going to be the largest gathering of Satanists at one time ever. Well, think about, I started thinking about the sheer evilness that's coming into the city of Boston. And I'm like, think of the weight. Ooh, I mean, I'm getting the goosebumps, the Holy Spirit bumps right now. Which is another thing I'll say is I'll see things or I'll see photos now. And all of a sudden I can just tell Holy Spirit gives me the shiver. And it's like, okay, look away or it's like a check. That's bad. I don't have to understand why. And why do we dive into these things? Because we want people to be aware of what's really going on behind the scenes. And Satan is definitely on the prowl more so than ever before. So that's happening, and I was just like, but there's opportunity. There's opportunity for revival. There's opportunity for Jesus to show himself amongst all that. So you can look at it from one way, evil. You can look at it from a positive standpoint as well. So I feel like there's opportunity for Satan to uh, get kicked, and you know what? So that's all I got to say about that, Boris. Yeah. Well, we actually did talk about this a couple of years back when we talked about the one that they had in Phoenix. 
in Phoenix, Arizona. That was one of the ones that we had caught wind of. And when you have a gathering like this, you can know that, I mean, I'd be curious actually to see what happens on those weeks or those weekends where they have these conferences, what happens to the crime in the area, right? What happens to what's going on and the anger and frustration and, and what the enemy brings into that city because of this kind of a conference. Because I, we know that he's all about deception and he is all about trying to turn people against each other. He doesn't want people to love each other. He doesn't want people to love God for with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. So yeah, enough said. I got it off the screen. I'm going to actually take it off of my computer now and not look at it again. <laughs> How's that sound? Thank you very much. No problem. No problem at all. Well, we also moving on into the things that make you go. <laughs> you posted this story and no, maybe I did. I don't know who posts stuff anymore, GJ. We are actually, just I did post that one. So there's a okay. few that I don't know, but, or I post it and then you pull up a better article, which my hat's <laughs> off to you. Whoop. So tell us what's going on with this one. This is a, a so again, TikTok. we talk about how, how deception can happen. So this girl went on TikTok, and there's actually a video that she, you know, her sh shows and it shows the photo. And if you actually, I think if you scroll down, you might see it. If you're on the Western, because yeah, right there. So if you just watch that, so she's showing how fake things can happen. So there she is. Nope. So these are all photos of her made to look at like somebody else. Yeah. Or enhanced. So why are we showing this? Because what is the, the level of deception is increasing. We, we see it on so many fronts. And some of it, they're not even trying to, trying to sh hide the fact. And what I see is people are falling into, it's like the lambs being sacrificed. They're just being gathered together and they're just going and they're just like, hey, everything's good. And next thing you know, bam, you know, that happened in 19, you know, in World War II, you know, with the Jews and, hey, they got on these trains and they said all their stuff with it. Hey, well, you'll, it'll be there when you get there. Well, it wasn't. And then next thing you know. We need to clean you off showers and we know what happened. So with all that said, the level of deception is happening. And then what's real, what's not real. And then people are buying into the, like the falsicity and it's like, well, I got to look perfect. Well, then that creates other issues from a human standpoint. I don't measure up. Well, no, you do measure up in God's eyes. It's just, you're comparing yourself to the world. So that, that creates a whole nother level of issues and anxiety and, and, and then what's real, what's not real. And then trying to be of the world versus living in the world as a Christ follower. And so, so those are happening in the level of deception. And they're going to use technology. I believe that's this technology will be the number one tool that's used by Satan, you know, in the, in the, and we're saying it right now in the end days. And then in the tribulation after the rapture, where the church is raptured to heaven, all the technology is used. And, and now with the metasphere and all these different things that are happening, what's real, what's not real. It's like, Hey, it's okay. And it's not going to hurt anybody. And again, deception, the only way you can get around the deception, you've got to be in the word. You've got to be praying to Jesus and you got to be in, in the right environments and letting go of some of the stuff that we see is really bad. And on, on the surface, it may seem so good. I read, I read this morning in my devotional, 
Guard your ears, guard your eyes. Amen. Speaking of the World Economic Forum, we've brought them up a lot, but I just oh wanted to- Oh my gosh, to- I got to go back to that. Well, because you posted this video. Oh my gosh. I wanted to make sure we showed it. This I'm gonna, I, I would love to be able to show the whole thing. Uh, we'll see how we do going through, but there are three, what they call futurists that share their vision of technology and how it'll change our world. As you listen to this, we may stop it and chat about it a little bit, but this is kind of what would be the vision that's being shared as World Economic Forum. Now, this conference in, da- in Davos, Switzerland, you can't get in unless, number one, you're a member, and number two, you have a lot of money, and number three, unless they accept you or invite you. And so these are like the top, the top of the elite of the elite of the world is what they're, called, they're saying, heads of state, CEOs of all over the country, all over the world. And their whole goal is to talk about the global agenda moving forward. And so I don't know if, and I don't think there are any other conferences or things like this that happen on the planet, not even the, the summits that they do, like the G20 summit, where they only have 20 world leaders coming and talking. This is third party kind of side thing where people can gather in a, in a country like Switzerland that is middle of the road and they don't take sides on any kind of war or anything that's going on. And it's a neutral place and they can talk about these things and to be protected from what's coming. So, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and play this. And um, I'm not sure if we're going to hear a talk or not, but it says our devices will know when we need them. There you go. 15 smart speakers everywhere we go. And so I, I, I one of our big, uh, research findings is that we're going to be moving to what we call ambient experiences, which is shorthand for a sort of digital Downton Abbey, where we don't ask Echo, what's the weather, or Google, what's the weather? We just say, what's the weather? And the right agent jumps up at the right time to give the right answer. I must say for the people that are listening right now on the podcast, it says those that require an understanding of what it means to be human. We're getting past the last 10,000 years where we've used humans as robots uh, by and large, engaging only a tiny fraction of human abilities uh, and forcing people into repetitive, tedious, uh, dead-end work for the most part. Um, So the the age of human robots is over um, and we have to figure out a new age, that means dramatic changes to the structure of our economy and our society. Says gene editing technology will allow us to redesign. This could enhance every aspect of our existence from human health to materials, fashion, and zero waste economy. Improving biology and redesigning organisms for beneficial purposes. It's going to allow us to not just edit genomes, but also, uh, and importantly, write a new code for life. We'll have right level permissions. We already started to see some of that this year. COVID-19 vaccines, they make use of engineered code in the form of messenger RNA. Technology will cut out unwanted sights and sounds. On the horizon are diminished reality glasses that look very much like what I'm wearing. Um, That would allow you to remove things from your point of view, from your view, whether that's garbage uh, or other people. Whoa. I that for the show. <laughs> How do you imagine the world will have changed 20 years from now? 
And by the way, for those of you listening on podcast right now, they were just showing a 3D printing printed heart. Looks like that's it for the for the show. I mean, GJ, you heard what what they were talking about. Like, what's up? Again, they're determining how the world is going to be. When I say they, the elitists, they are playing God. They're doing all these things. And then, I mean, they're, they've already implemented it. So this isn't something coming down the pipeline. This has already been implemented to you know varying levels, and it's continuing to converge. And so it's right before our eyes. And so what, why do we talk about this? Again, we talk about this because we're in the end days. And you say, well, what is the end days? Well, the end days officially started when Jesus rose from the tomb. We started the end days. And uh, so, you know, for the last 2,000 years, we've been in the end days. And it's very laid out in the Bible. You know, it will slowly converge to more and more things happen simultaneously, and we're witnessing it around the world. And then how do they control the world? How do they, you know, create a world that they want? And how do they deceive people? So a lot of these things are good technologies. It's just it's going to be used for their, their gain, their world. And if you don't play in the, their world, you will be, for a better term, sacrificed. So that's where we're headed. So in the meantime, what do you got to do? And then there's a couple other things in the Telegram thread we're probably not going to talk about today because of time. The one thing I can say is you never know when it's your day because there's people that woke up yesterday that didn't think they were going to pass away. There's people that woke up today that didn't think they're going to pass away and they're going to pass away today. So you don't have to wait for the rapture. I believe that we are near. So what does your heart say right now? And what is it? Are you moving towards Jesus or are you moving away? And I challenge you, if you're watching this, especially at the 45-minute mark, God's talking to you. And we talk about these things and they can be scary and fearful. I mean, I've got kids that they don't want to talk about this, you know, because it's negative or whatever. I'm like, well, it's being aware. And you don't have to dive into it to the level that me and Dan have dove into it. However, being aware and being closer to Jesus is really what this show is about. It's how do you get closer to Jesus? And if you don't know Jesus, we'll talk about that in a couple of minutes. So it, just a couple more things before we uh, talk about something real positive coming up. But this DeVos uh, Forum, this World Economic Forum annual meeting, Klaus Schwab opened up last night and he said that he's calling to master the future. And so this kind of these kind of comments are getting the attention of people like Elon Musk, who's one of the top five richest people on the planet, and he's been a lot in the news recently with Twitter. And he says this: he says, "Quote, master the future doesn't sound ominous at all." <laughs> and then he says, "How is the World Economic Forum DeVos even a thing? Are they trying to be the boss of the earth? I mean, it's it's just popping out there this this understanding of, hey, wait a second, it's getting the attention of some people that." I believe are probably more awake now than they would have been a long time ago. But yeah, that's one thing. And then he actually, I'm going to pop this up here. I have to just pop it up on the screen. Then And then he posted something else this, uh, this morning about, yeah, here it is. He says, uh, wait a second. He, Elon Musk says. ESG stands for, the S in ESG stands for. Satanic. Satanic. Yeah. I'm <laughs> like, all right, Elon Musk, you go, buddy. Uh, there's not, there's few people that could actually say what he says and get away with it, I think. But uh, Danya, I saw that you posted in the thread. My friend told me this morning about a robot served her food at Oz Korea Barbecue. 
And uh, yeah, my sister and her husband went out for dinner one night and they ordered their meal and it came out on this robot and it turned and even lifted it up and put it on, on towards the table and they just grabbed it. So yeah, that stuff is happening more and more all over the planet. Well, we do have one other thing that we want to share with you guys. And GJ, I know you, I think you posted this one. Well, throw, throw me another bus again. I did. I, I, I'm going to, because I know you did. But huge news, huge news, huge news. Whoa, whoa. First time I've ever seen this. Come on. <laughs> You're killing me. Hopefully I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so back in 2016, Mel Gibson said that they're working on a sequel to Passion for the Christ, which is one of the top Christian movies of all time. And, and it did well around the, the globe, not just in certain parts, but around the globe. So now they've got another movie, and it's the, I think it's Passion for the Christ Redemption, and it's about the three, three days preceding him um, rising from the grave. I believe that's the premise. So it's, it's a short window that they're focusing on, and I think that's going to come out next year. I didn't see the exact date. So anyway, it's official. They've been talking about it for some time, and uh, the good news is another good movie to come out. Yeah, it says that it's been in development for 10 years. They've been working on this for a really long time. And I remember when Passion of the Christ came out back in 2000, that it was, it was well, a little bit after 2000, but it was one of, the, one of the things that he wanted to do was keep everything as close to the time frame as possible and even had it spoken in Arabic and some also in Hebrew when Jesus was talking to his disciples because he said, this is how it was back then. And, they, and you had to read most of the movie. And it was probably one of the most real-to-life depictions of what a crucifixion would have looked like. And I mean, if you, if you have a trouble watching that kind of thing, I understand. But I would definitely would recommend people watching The Passion of the Christ again, just to refresh their memory, but also to see what Jesus actually went through for us. It, is, it literally is one of the closest depictions. I did a sermon, I don't know, about 20 years ago now that was right during uh, Easter and Good Friday, where I went, I found this uh, medical journal article about what a crucifixion was actually like. And so I went through and I described what Jesus went through step-by-step step during, the, I think it was the Good Friday message, which is the day that he was supposed to have been crucified during the Passover. So definitely something we should talk about when we get closer to Easter. I think maybe we'll bring that up and talk about it. But Good news. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing this movie. Mel Gibson did a pretty darn good job. Of course, there's a lot of Christians that came out during that time frame going, this is not a scriptural. It's not like, I'm like, look, you're, you're, there are millions and millions of people watching the passion of the Christ, seeing what Jesus went through. Let the Holy Spirit do the work. I'm just like, come on. Amen. Well, I, I see that a lot is like, there's so much judgment by Christians, which pushes away the non, the non-Christians away. And it's like we're we're judge and jury, and we're supposed to be spreading the gospel. That's our job. And sometimes you got to spread the gospel in ways that it doesn't, you know, it doesn't go line by line by scripture by scripture of the Bible. I'm all about the Bible. I'm all about the scripture. And when in doubt, take it to God. Take it to God, number one. So I want to be very clear here. The thing about it is we, sometimes you have to— it's like, why do technology, why does music, why do the arts, why do certain things start to get, you know, or tech become big? It's because there's an attraction to it. Well, why not create something that's attraction that is of God 
it doesn't have to be scripture by scripture because a lot of times people are feeling like they're getting hit in the head by the Bible. And that's a heavy Bible. My dad's Bible. Heard that loud and clear. Where am I? Where am I? Where am I? What happened? With time we have left, which uh, we're, we're down to about eight minutes, but I think we can really hammer through this because I want to kind of introduce this subject with people and we'll talk more about it as time goes on. We're going to spend time with each of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. In Revelation chapter six, where we kind of left off a few weeks back, it talks about the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And in the opening chapters of Revelation, Jesus is, is presented as the Lord of all the churches. He appeals to the churches through the letters sent to the seven churches of Asia and to those who merely profess faith but don't demonstrate that they are true overcomers. His message and challenge is to repent. To the true overcomers, he gives continual encouragement by his promises of eternal blessing and reward. And then we hit Revelation chapter 5, where the scroll with the seven seals in the hand of the one who sits on the throne, the only one that was worthy to open up the scroll and to loose the seals of this scroll is the Lion of Judah, the Root of David. It pictures him as the Lamb who looks as if he was slain, and that is Jesus. And when all heaven sees that he's the only one that can open up the seals in the scroll, all heaven breaks forth in praise. They worship God. Now, that scene from Revelation 5 shifts in Revelation chapter 6 from the wonderful praise of heaven to the tragic judgments on planet Earth. Now, a lot of Bible teachers believe that chapters 6 through 19 are describing the great tribulation to which Daniel the prophet in Daniel 9 and 12, and Jesus even referred to in Matthew 24, 25, Mark 13, and Luke 21. Now, how should we understand these events? That's, the, that's kind of where I want to go with this today to kind of set this up. Throughout history, there have been attempts to prove that the catastrophic events of Revelation have already been fulfilled. There's a lot of people that teach that. They're saying, that, oh yeah, the events of Revelation already happened. We're way beyond that now. Often those attempts have centered on the tragedies and troubles of the Roman Empire because they believe that its history more nearly represented what Revelation was trying to portray and occurred closer to the lifetime of the one who wrote about those things. So like John the Revelator or Peter and James and John. Now, we not only have the problem of when these events occur, but also how and why they happen as they do. Is it possible that one half of the world's population is going to be eliminated by the terrible judgments of Revelation? Does that seem to be what it's teaching? And if so, is that still future or did it already happen? Why would a loving God, this is probably one of the questions you ask, why would a loving God who supposedly has a deep personal interest in each individual want to destroy the world like Revelation describes? Well, the best part about this is, is that Revelation answers that question. Three sets of seven judgments. There are seals and trumpets and bowls are recorded in chapters 6 through 16. Some Bible teachers believe that the judgments mentioned in the seven seals are the same as those in the seven trumpets and in the seven bowls of wrath. Now, unfortunately for me, attempts to draw that conclusion are often based on comparing the sixth seal judgment of a great earthquake with the seventh bowl of wrath, also said to be a great earthquake. Now, since the second and third trumpet judgments of Revelation 8 affect the seas, rivers, and springs of water, these events are judged to be similar to the second and third bowls of wrath in Revelation 16. Now, where am I going with this? Well, that interpretation, I really believe, is highly unlikely because in spite of some of the similarities, the differences are most pronounced. In addition to the obvious differences, the text indicates that these three sets of judgments will happen in order, one following the other. 
So there, and this is, here's the list. I'm going to go straight down for them and then JJ, I'm going to turn it over to you. Scroll, there's, first of all, the scroll with the seven seals is open. The first seal is the rider on the white horse, the first horseman of the apocalypse. The second seal is the rider on the red horse. The third seal is the rider on the black horse. The fourth seal is the rider on the pale horse. And we're going to get into those as, time, as weeks go on. The fifth seal are the martyrs. The sixth seal is another great earthquake. And then the great day of his wrath has come, is what it says in Revelation. And that the seventh seal opens up the seven angels that are sounding the seven trumpets and introduce the second set of judgment. The first trumpet is the trees and the grass are burned up. The second trumpet are bloody seas. The third trumpet, bitter waters and springs. The fourth trumpet, a partial eclipse. The fifth trumpet, a locust plague. The sixth trumpet, which my wife and I, would we're going to talk about that when we get there, are the demonic horsemen. Seventh trumpet is when the seven bowls of wrath are then poured out. And then in these seven bowls, the wrath of God becomes complete. The first bowl, terrible sores. The second bowl, the sea life is destroyed. The third bowl, bloody rivers and springs. Fourth bowl, the sun scorching with great heat. The fifth bowl is a total eclipse. The sixth bowl is the battle of Armageddon. And the seventh bowl is that mighty earthquake. And then it's done. Like that is the end of the judgment at that point, as far as the earth is concerned. So when we're going to get into this, GJ, in the next couple of weeks, we are going to talk uh, more specifically about each of the four horsemen and the, and the judgments that are coming. But I really wanted to kind of introduce everybody to that because that is a, that's a lot of that is a misunderstanding, I think, on many people's part, thinking that they try to lump all these together and say, no, there's, there's, only, one, there's only seven of them. But as you can see, as we read through that just now, that they're very distinct and very separate and they march through and this is how they actually come to pass. So six through 16 of Revelation talks all about these things. So, I mean, how do we look at something like this, GJ? How do we turn to Christ and, and receive hope that these things that are being described will not happen to us? I got nothing. Yeah, I'm sure you don't. <laughs> well, first of all, each time I'm in Revelation, like, you know, you've, you've covered a lot of Revelation over the last couple of months. There's just certain things that just come to life and some things that come, come clearer for me than they were before. So why, why do I share that? Is because, well, Dan's a good teacher. He's the smartest man alive. And, and it just goes to show how the Bible is a living, is the living word. And there's always something that's going to come into fruition or clearer for you. And, and my dad, I mean, he, Revelation, there's a lot of red words because that, that came from Jesus, but there's a lot of highlighting on all these different and a lot of his notes. So as you're sharing all this, on one hand, it's scary. On one hand, it's exciting. And on the other hand is, what the heck does this mean? And the thing that I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying is you don't have to understand it. These things are going to happen. And the way to understand it is being the word and being in prayer, and that will start to come to fruition. There's a lot I still don't understand. The thing that I do know is that I understand, do I have a relationship with Jesus? And that is the number one thing. Do you have a relationship with Jesus? And if you had a relationship with Jesus, and over the last couple of weeks, we, you know, we talked about this. There was a football player, he collapsed on the field, and there's a lot of speculation to why. Uh, it was definitely heart-related and the outpouring. And I'm like, I know we talked about it on the show, is that 
he didn't think that was going to happen before he started that game. You know, he was in perfect health. Now he did live. It also brought a lot of people together. So these can be exciting times to come together. The thing is, you never know when it's your number and you got two options. You can go to heaven or you can go to hell. Yet it's, it's that simple. And do you have a personal relationship? You want to avoid hell? Have a personal relationship with Jesus. That's the only way to heaven. I know there's a lot of different people that believe a lot of different things. And if you stay, again, take a step back, it's the simplest form. And Jesus keeps things simple, even though man has made it complicated in a lot of different ways. So to me, what, where are you at today in your walk with Jesus? And if you, like I said, if you, if you know Jesus, you know, you can recommit. I always recommit. I mean, I'm always, what can I do better? What can I lean in versus lean out? Because there was a good portion of my life I was leaning out versus leaning in. And so, again, when you start to look at, and I believe if you're right with Jesus before he comes back, we will avoid most of this and maybe all of this. So that's the blessing. But if we have to go through some of it, I mean, we're obviously seeing perilous times and upheaval, all regardless of what belief is. I mean, like the World Economic Forum is talking about the upheaval in the chaotic world. So we can all recognize that, and I know we can all agree on that. The thing is, you never know when it's your day, and the, the best way to be sure that you're going to heaven, the best way to be sure that God has a plan for you is to turn towards him. And, and I'm going to lead you in a prayer. But Jesus, thank you for today. We thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for, God, we thank you for you know, sending Jesus to die for our sins on the cross. So number one is recognizing that Jesus is Lord and Savior, that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. We thank you for coming into our heart. We ask that you come into our heart. We ask that you renew our heart. We ask you that you give us a new path, a new protection, a new understanding. So Jesus, we thank you for all these different things that you've bestowed upon us. So again, number one is we recognize that you're Lord and Savior. We ask that you come into our heart. We ask that you make our heart new and clean, and we ask that you give us a new path and that we turn away from the current sin and behaviors that we're doing. So again, we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Again, recognize Jesus as Lord. Ask him to come in your heart. Recognize that you're a sinner and that you can turn away from that. He can make you new, give you a new path, and ultimately that path can be to heaven. Now, you don't just stop there. It's like, okay, next thing, dive into the Word, boop, pray, be around the right people, get plugged into a Bible, believe in Holy Spirit-filled church. And nowadays, that's becoming harder and harder to find, I'm, I'm realizing, which is shocking. And why do I say that? Is because you want to be around the right people that are, that are spreading the gospel. And the gospel is the great news of Jesus. Amen. Well, next week, we hope to bring to you the first of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, the rider on the white horse. There's a lot to share with that one. But in the meantime, you guys got to make sure that you stay encouraged, that you move forward. Don't take any steps backward, but move forward and trust God that he's going to give you the path and give you the wisdom to walk down that path. So God bless you guys. We will see you next time. <laughs> Amen. Thank you for tuning in to End Times Chat with GJ and Dan. 
If you decided to follow Christ, email us at endtimeschat at gmail.com. We would love to hear your story. Tune in next time for more, and don't forget to pray, prepare, protect, proclaim, pray again, persist, persevere, and pass it on. God bless. We'll see you next time.